Amen. Well, good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Good, good. My name's Adam Young. I'm the lead pastor here, and I just want to welcome you to Element Church. Uh, obviously worshiping in a new style, in a new way uh, this morning. And I want to start by saying thank you for your patience this morning. Uh, there are so many new pieces of the puzzle to put together that we normally uh, don't put have to put together on top of the fact that um, I don't even remember if I know how to do this. So if I preach for an hour, it's not my fault. I'm kidding. Um, and so uh, I'm just so thankful that we have the opportunity to gather together this morning uh, once again, and so thankful that you're here to worship alongside of us. And I want to welcome you to week two of our series called Summer Stories, uh, where we do this every summer, every year in July, where people come and share their story. You know, we, we all love stories, campfire stories, war stories, love stories, fishing stories, most embarrassing stories. And, and regardless of what kind of story is your favorite, we all have a story and a story to share. And every July we do this series where we give people the opportunity to share their story and allow it to speak to us and impact us uh, in our lives. One of the reasons I love uh, this this series is because um, there are certain things that you just can't communicate very well uh, in a format that's like a sermon or a lecture where just someone's up here talking and, and you're there learning information. Sometimes things are best communicated over a cup of coffee or sitting around a campfire. And when we do this series, it's in many ways just like that. That's part of the reason we always film the stories. One, because uh, for a lot of people, standing up here and holding a microphone is terrifying. Uh, but also because when we film our stories, uh, they're, they're much more like sitting down with someone over a cup of coffee. You know, when you read the Bible, there are different sections of the Bible that read differently. Some of them read like a lecture. Some of them read like a sermon. And some of them read just like a story. One of those is the book in your Old Testament called Ecclesiastes. And Ecclesiastes uh, is really, honestly, it's like sitting down for a cup of coffee with your grandfather, who has all of these things to share. Uh, who has all of this wisdom and insight to share with you. He's got stories of great success. He's got stories of triumph. He has stories of encouragement, but he also has stories of failure and stories of disappointment and stories of hurt and pain. And so it's, it's like sitting with your grandfather over a cup of coffee and just letting him tell you stories from his life. And so as we start this morning, I want to begin in Ecclesiastes. And so um, we obviously don't have Bibles in your seats this morning. So the best thing that you could do, we'll have the scriptures up on screen, but you can also pull out your phone, open up the Bible app, and you can follow along with us. Go to your menu, go to live events, and then click Element Church. And our scriptures today will be laid out uh, for you that we're going to cover. And so we'll start in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and I want to start just in verse 9 and 10. And this is sort of like your grandfather at that cup of coffee, and he's just starting to ask questions and then share some insight. So he sort of asks some rhetorical questions and then, and then helps you to answer them. And so he starts like this in verse 9. What gain has the worker from his toil? This is an old man looking back on his life and saying, what's the point of all this work? And then verse 10, I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He's recognizing, like, listen, I get it. Work is a part of life. This is a part of what God designed and created us for. But he's still kind of wrestling with what's the point of it. Then let's look at verse 11. 
He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Verses 12 and 13. I perceived that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. And so what, what he's doing is he's just reflecting on uh, what, what exactly is the point of all this work? Why, why has God put us to this task? And, and he starts to reflect on, you know, it's actually a good thing. This is a part of God's gift to us. But we all recognize that no matter how hard we work, sometimes we feel like we're just left a little short. Like something is missing. And I want you to look back at verse 11 with me for just a minute. He said this, he has made everything beautiful in its time. And then notice this, it'll come back up on the screen in a minute. And he has put eternity into man's heart. It's a recognition that all of us at times feel a longing for something more. That sometimes when we look at our lives, we go, I'm working so hard, I'm trying so much, but it just feels like something is missing. A lot of people have said it like this, like the, the, there's a hole in my life or in my heart that no matter what I try to put into that void, nothing ever seems to fill it. No amount of hard work or even success in my work seems to fill that hole in my life. There have been a lot of Christians who've just reflected on this reality over the centuries, who've just thought about this idea of struggling and trying to find something to satisfy us. St. Augustine, who was a church leader back in the 4th century, said it like this. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. This acknowledgement that there's a hole in my life that only you can satisfy. Blaise Pascal, you may have heard of his name, a French mathematician, uh, uh, physicist, uh, and theologian from the 16th and 17th century, um, who wrote, like, wrote it like this as he was making these same observations on his life. And this comes from one of his books that he started in 1657. He says this, What else does this craving and this helplessness proclaim but that there was once in man a true happiness, of which all that now remains is the empty print and trace? This he tries in vain to fill with everything, around him, seeking in things that are not there the help he cannot find in those that are, though none can help, since this infinite abyss can be filled only with an infinite and immutable object, in other words, by God himself. As he just reflects on this hole in our life, longing for something more that only God can fill. C.S. Lewis, probably one of the most popular Christian thinkers and writers of the 20th century, said it like this. If I find myself, in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. This recognition that there's something deep in us that we long for. That no matter how hard we try, we can't satisfy on our own. And so now we're going to turn to our story for today uh, from Trevor Smith, who's going to share about a time in his life where God showed up and taught him a lesson much similar to what we've just been discussing. Mm -hmm. 
Hi, Alma Church. My name is Trevor Smith, and uh, I have the opportunity to be the leader for the tween group here at Element Church. And today I just want to take some time to, to share my story. Um, though I feel like I have a lot of different aspects of my story that I could share, I really spent some time thinking about um, what's really been on my heart and what God is, is calling me to say today. And one of the ones that you, one of the stories that uh, came to mind was just thinking about um, where I put place God into my life and where he fits into my life as a whole. When I was younger, I remember, I don't remember a time where I didn't know Jesus. I remember going to Sunday school when I was younger, though like probably a lot of kids, I really didn't care for it. It wasn't the, my favorite thing to go do. And I, I remember um, just not even really paying attention. And of course, I, I was raised Lutheran. And so uh, um, right after Sunday school, um, you'd start moving into confirmation. And it was just, it was something that was required of us to do. And I never thought of not doing it. But at some point in these couple of years and these, at some point during this time, um, I started getting in trouble. Um, I started caught doing things that I really shouldn't have been doing. And um, at one point I got caught doing something I wasn't supposed to be doing. And I definitely got in trouble for it, uh, but everything was okay. A couple of weeks before I was to get confirmed, um, I got in trouble again. Uh, there were no three strikes for me. I was out, right? The pastor said, you can't be confirmed anymore. Um, you, you need to leave. Uh, though you can continue going to the church, um, but you just can't get confirmed with your, your class. Now, my mom had a conversation with me at this time, and, and she was talking to me and saying that, you know, my dad, who had passed away when I was younger, really wanted me to be confirmed, really wanted me to be a member of a church. And so we talked to the pastor and said, hey, what can we do? And he said, well, if you want to get confirmed, you have to go to adult classes. So my mom and I enrolled in adult classes, but just like Sunday school, it was really like, eh, who, who really cares? And so after a couple of weeks of going, we dropped out. Now, I never, um, I, I didn't go to church for years after that. One of the things I, 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 around this time, maybe a couple of years later, I noticed was that I was, I was missing something. I felt like I was missing something in my life. And so I started doing things and acting certain ways and, and trying different things just to see if it would fill this hole. And I remember the first time I, I really realized that there was a hole, there was something missing. And it was on my graduation day from high school. Um, in here, you know, we're getting everything ready. And if you've ever graduated, hopefully you graduated, but if you ever graduated or had somebody graduate, you know it's a mess and it's chaos and everything else. And my mom kept saying, hey, you need to go visit your dad at the cemetery. And I kept putting it off and kept putting it off. And then I finally went out there and I just remember standing there crying um, and just completely sad that he wasn't there with me. But not just that he wasn't there, there was something else that was missing, but I didn't know what it was. And so then I continued working to try to fill that spot. And I just, didn't matter what I did. I went to school and I, and I, I, I graduated from college. I started a family. Uh, I, well, I got married and then started a family. And none of that seemed to fill that hole. And it didn't matter how much money I was making or, or the things that I was buying and how I was living my life. Nothing was, was filling that hole that I felt inside. It was around 2006, 2007. Um, I was in a dark time, dark place, and I, I remember going, hey, you know what? I should give this Jesus thing a try again. 
but I didn't feel like I could just walk into a church and just start attending church. Like that wasn't something you could just do. Like you had to be invited. And during a conversation with one of my friends, he said, hey, I sing at a church. And I said, well, will you invite me to come to your church? Right? So like I was in that place where I was actually asking somebody to invite me so I could go see what this was all about. He did, and I went. And actually, we went. the, the church we went to uh, is the church that met in Murphy Creek before Element Church does now. And, and we, I walked in there, and I was wearing a football jersey, and the, the pastor, the junior pastor, came up to me and started talking to me about football. And I can tell that they really didn't know football at all, right? It was, it was kind of funny. But at the same time, I realized that these people cared enough about a stranger that they would just come talk to me about anything that they could to just build, start building a relationship. And so from that point on, I remember Christy and I just jumped in, right? I, it just seemed like it was like the next week I was teaching Sunday school. And I was trying to make it so it wasn't as bad as I remember it. I don't know if I did it did a good job or not. Um, I, I, I believe that the pastor's kids who were in my Sunday school probably knew more about um, Jesus than I did. But it was definitely a time for me to grow. And through the teaching of the kids, I was learning as well. And it just continued to, to get me closer and closer to, to Jesus. And as I did that, I realized that Jesus was filling that hole that I had. And I continued to build relationships and um, my church ended up closing, but we, we had a nice transition to another church. And I was able to jump in with the youth group. I was able to have a bunch of guys around me that were there to support me. And if I slipped or fell, they were there to pick me back up and, and help point, keep me pointed to, to Jesus. It was around this time that I decided that I would uh, declare my love for Jesus and I'd get baptized. And so I got baptized at my new church, but they did let me bring my old pastor in from, from my previous church to do the baptism for me. Um, and I felt complete. The hole that I had in my, in, the hole I had in my, my life was gone and Jesus filled that hole. But unfortunately, my story doesn't stop quite yet. Uh, I get to a crossroads where I had choices to make and, and unfortunately the choices that I had, both of them required me to stop in the youth group at the church. And I wasn't going to be able to do as much in the church as I was at that time. But I had to make the choice in order to continue living and in, 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 in making money and having a job. And so uh, I took one of those choices and um, I fell out of the church. And then we ended up moving to Houston, which obviously made me further out of the church because it was pretty far away from Aurora. Um, in Houston, we tried a bunch of different churches, but for me, I just couldn't find a fit. Now looking back on it, I know it wasn't the churches that I was at, it was me um, and the fact that I was not holding God in that number one spot in my life anymore. And so we moved back in, um, back to Aurora and we kept trying new churches. We tried a couple of them. They were all great. Um, none of them were fantastic. And, and then I realized again that I'm trying to use church and I'm trying to use these folks that are at church to fill the hole that, that I have. And that wasn't working. And I realized that I need to turn back and look to God to say, God, please fill that hole. And when I looked to heaven, I saw God standing there waiting for me, welcoming me, welcoming me back um, into, into his, his world. And um, ever since then, 
I feel more complete, and though I have to work on it on a daily basis. I continue to reach out to God um, through prayer, through reading my Bible, uh, through teaching at the, 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 the tween group, through uh, volunteering in Sunday school. All of these things help me keep God in the center. But one thing I love about Element Church is that we have a group of folks around that are there and they help guide. And they, when they see you fall on there, they're not afraid to say, hey, come back. Hey, you're losing track of, of where you're supposed to be or where God is at in your life. And that's one thing that I hold very valuable. So I guess the, the story or the, the, the meaning I'm putting behind it is, um, we always need to make sure we're keeping God as our number one and he is our focus all the time, every day. But it's also wise to build up a, a, a ring of, of fellow Christians there to support you and to help you um, when you run into trouble time. Well, you got to see uh, part of a story. You got to hear most of it. Um, we are, uh, for the first time ever, uh, sending outside both uh, what we normally put up on the screens and a live video feed and having a little technical issues. So thanks for being patient with us this morning. Um, you know, Trevor kind of shared his story that was very similar to the things that we had read already before, that um, there was just this hole in his life looking for something to fill it and discovering that only God can be what truly fills that hole, fills that gap, fills that void. You know, we talked a little bit out of Ecclesiastes where Solomon, who's the author of that, just shares like uh, that God has put eternity in our hearts, that God has placed something in us that only he can satisfy. And what we see is throughout the Bible, people declaring that very truth in their own life. In Psalm 91, verses 14 through 16, the psalmist has been writing and, and praying and, and declaring things to God, and then this is God's response back. He says, Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Psalm 107.9 says, For he, God, satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Jeremiah 31.25, For I will satisfy the weary soul, and every languishing soul I will replenish. Isaiah 58.11, And the Lord will guide you continually, and satisfy your desire in scorched places. And make your bones strong, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Isaiah 55, 2. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places. I just read that one. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. And Jesus echoes this same idea, the same idea in his own teaching. When he says, truly, truly, I say to you in John 6, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. This idea that God is the only one who satisfies. When we have a longing, a hunger deep inside, that it's God and God alone who satisfies that hunger. And Jesus came proclaiming that very message, 
And for those who believe and trust and follow in him, he is the bread of life. He's the one who satisfies that deep longing and that inner hunger. And so as we celebrate today, the opportunity to come together for the first time in a long time, as we come to be reminded of God's goodness, this powerful moment in Trevor's story and and in all these stories that we read out of the Bible is, is that people come to this place where they get to the end of their rope, when they realize they have nothing left to give, where they have nothing left that they can do, and then they turn and find satisfaction in God and in God alone, where God is the only one who satisfies ultimately. And that's what we sing, that's what we celebrate, that's why we're here today, to celebrate that no matter what we face in life, And even in the midst of our own failures, our own shortcomings, where we don't measure up, that God and God alone satisfies, that he fills that hole in our life, that he satisfies that inner longing, that searching of our soul, that he he satisfies that inner hunger with himself. So that's our challenge and our invitation for you this morning. We invite you to get to the end of your rope. We invite you to get to the place where you have nothing left to offer, so that you can find your true and ultimate satisfaction in him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather together this morning to worship and to celebrate you for who you are. And God, it it sounds strange to even be thankful for our failures, to be thankful for coming to the end of our rope, being thankful when we have nothing left, being thankful that no matter how hard we work, it doesn't satisfy. But we do celebrate in that truth today because in the midst of those places where we don't measure up, where we fail, where we, we just keep stumbling, where we just get to the end of our rope and we have nothing left, it's when there's nothing left of us that we find ultimate satisfaction in you. And Jesus, that's what we declare. We declare that in you alone we are satisfied. That in you alone we find hope. That in you alone we find strength. And so no matter where everyone is today, whether they feel good or they feel like they have nothing left, Lord, would you satisfy the deep longings of our soul? Would you fill those holes in our hearts, in our lives? Would you satisfy the hunger that we have deep within? That we would find fulfillment in you and you alone. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity we have to come together. I thank you for the testimony of Scripture and for Trevor's story this morning that speaks truth and life into all of our hearts and our minds. We love you. Pray this in your name. Amen.